on this episode of Facts, Opinions, and Rants, the topic will be evangelism and how to go about it. You may say, Stephen, why are we talking about that? Well, a new Gallup poll study came out that said U.S. church membership falls below majority for first time ever. That's a problem. We're going to talk about well, how do we solve that problem. And and why does, why does that matter when it comes to our culture at large? Godless culture? Is that a problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Well... Listen to today's episode to figure out what you can do about it. Facts, Pains, Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Facts, Pains, Rants with Stephen D. Mosley. I am so happy to be back with you guys this week. I hope you had a great Easter. I am taping this the day before Easter, and let me tell you, some of my all-time favorite services, some of you know me, you know what I'm going to say. I have three favorite services of the year, Celebration of Freedom. Um, probably the best service of the year, God and country. Uh, the second one would be Easter. Easter, the pageantry that goes into both of those services is just awesome. And then, of course, um, I really like the low-key Christmas Eve services. Um, those are really nice as well. Now, if you've ever been to a watch night service, I mean, I struggle to stay up past 930. But if you've ever been one of those, those are awesome as well. So if you said, you know, as a wrestling fan, if you said, hey, we're your top four pay-per-views, you know, uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam. Well, for me, the top four would definitely be Celebration Freedom, uh, Easter, which we're celebrating, or we have, in the time you listen to this broadcast, you have already celebrated Easter, um, Christmas Eve, and then those watch night services. Well, today we're going to talk about a really important topic, evangelism and how to go about it. Uh, the reason why we're talking about that is because there was a new study that just came out. Uh, let me pull up my phone here. Yeah. From the Gallup News Organization, Gallup Polling, yeah, you know them, U.S. church membership falls below majority for first time. Name it as the name of the article by a man called Jeffrey M. Jones. I encourage you to read the article. I'm going to reference it a couple of times today. Uh, but a lot of the facts uh, you hear here today will come from that article. Um, but what were you doing 20 years ago? That's my question to you. 20 years ago, 2001, 2000, what were you doing? Well, I was just entering high school. And when I was just entering high school, Gallup was doing research on church attendance and church membership specifically is what this article is about, church membership. And at that point, close to 70% of all Americans were members of a local church or, or a religious organization. Now, let's go jump 20 years later. 20 years later, I'm a working adult. Many people grew up, well, all of those who are in my age demographic, the millennial generation are now the guys who are, well, running the show. We're the guys who are your boss. We're the guys who are your workers. We are working age, almost middle age, 30, you know, between 25 to 40 years old. And what's happened to our country? Well, now less than 50% of all Americans are members at a local church. That's according to the Gallup uh, polling. Interesting enough, when it comes to religious affiliation in the country, if you say, hey, do you believe in religion and list what religion you believe in, it's still seven out of 10 people will say, yeah, I believe in God or some type of religion. But when you ask them next important step, you know, faith and works, are you actually a member of a church? You're actually actually actively involved in the body. And that number drops below 50% from all people. Now, folks, that's a problem. I'll say one of the huge problems of it is, and it's all these are coming from the article, is 35% of millennials belong to church. You say, well, that's great. Yeah, one in three, 
So what's happened to two-thirds? Two-thirds of adults today do not attend or are not members of a church, not members of a Bible-believing church, not members of any type of religious organization. And even in, in, in different areas of the country, like I'm in Northern Virginia, less than 10% of people who even go to church have a biblical worldview. That means that they, you take the clear teachings of scriptures, not only do they believe them, they practice them. That's a sad state for our country. And you say, well, how do we get Donald Trump? Well, hello. Less than 10% of you guys actually believe in the Bible. No way you're actually picking a biblical candidate in the primary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Some of you guys don't even participate in primaries. Uh, and that's a different topic for a different day. The low rate of church membership, you can see it across political spectrum. When it comes to uh, church membership, uh, 46% of Democrats and 41% of independents are members of a church. So when you look at the numbers of Americans as a whole, we have less than 49% or 49%, less than 50%. When you look at just political parties, 46% of Democrats are members of a church, 41% of independents. Now compare that to 65% of Republicans who are members of a church. Now you wonder, why is that? Well, look at those two parties. Look at what they're fighting for. One's like the poster child for the LGBTQIA movement, right? Totally against God's word. Another one, you have candidates from that other party who are actually God's children who fight for the right to life. They fight for biblical marriage. They fight against all the terrible things that the left is doing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to go to church and support the Democratic Party. And obviously, it's hard to be an independent and support Jesus. That's what these pollings are really telling us here. You look at the religious affiliation, and this is a big one here. Why all the change? The increase of Americans with no religious affiliation. In 2000, when I was just entering high school, that number was about 8%. Yeah, 8% of people are like, yeah, I don't really buy in this faith thing. What's the number now? 20 years later, the number is, are you ready for it? 21%. 21%. That's one in five Americans, your neighbors, who have no religious affiliation at all. Now, how likely is it for someone who doesn't even believe in God? It's like, eh, I, I have no religious affiliation. If you said, hey, what are you? They would say, uh, they would have no clue. How likely is it that they're going to church? According to this article, very unlikely. And it's very, very unlikely they're a member of a church. And that's one in five Americans. No religious preference. Church, we got some work to do. And that work is called evangelism. That work is evangelism. It is our job to reach these people for the gospel. You have one in five who have no religious affiliation in the country. 60-some percent of millennials are not members of a church. And I could see that. I could tell you just as a person who is a millennial at church, we are very, very few and far between. I mean, at our church, say a couple of hundred people, I can count on maybe one hand how many millennials we have, and I'm including myself. Now, is there a surprise in this decline in church membership? Well, really, there shouldn't be. I mean, when you look at it over the last 20 years, Catholics have gone down by 18 points, Protestants down by nine. Um, the declines in church membership is uh, proportionally smaller, as we talked about earlier, uh, when it comes to political conservatives, Republicans, married adults, and college uh, graduates. These groups have tended to have the highest rates of church membership. 
And most of those people in that group would obviously vote Republican, as we talked about earlier. So, you know, the way you believe and it impacts the way you vote and how you live your life. That's what these polls are showing us. But it also shows us a huge gap in our gospel. The good news that we bring out, the good news that we just celebrated yesterday, right? The good news of Easter, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save us from our sins. Jesus came and died on the cross and spent eternity. Or I should say he came from eternity to be temporal, to die on a cross for our sins, be resurrected back to life. That's what we celebrate for Easter. So that we may not die, but we may have eternal life. That message is a good news message. Why? Because all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And what does that mean? That means your neighbor, if they don't know Jesus, they're dying and going to a real place called hell unless we do something about it. Why do they go to hell? Because of unbelief. And because that's where people go who've sinned. You say, well, Stephen, who can make it to heaven if that's the standard? Yeah, nobody. That's why God sent Jesus. Yeah, see, it kind of repeats itself, right? That's why God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, because Jesus was the only perfect sacrifice. He was sinless, the only person ever, fully God, fully man, Philippians chapter 2. And he died on the cross for our sins, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, if you want to read the idea of the story. The whole point of, the, of our faith as Christians, 1 Corinthians 15. He died for our sins, and then God raised him back to life, bodily resurrection, which he showed himself to his disciples and hundreds of others to prove that God had power over the grave and to share the great message to everyone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is our message to a world that's dying and headed to a real place called hell because of their sin. That's anything they've done that's broken God's law. And their unbelief of Jesus and his power to save, for it's by grace through faith we're saved, not of works, so that no man can boast. It's a gift of God, Ephesians chapter 2. That's the message of Easter. Friends, one in five people in our community have either never heard that message, and I'm talking about here in America, or for some weird reason, they've rejected the greatest gift of all time. When we come back from the fact of the day, we're going to talk about how do we outreach to, well, who should we be focusing our outreach on and how do we outreach to make this trend turn back around? Well, today's topic is brought to you by my friend Dylan. He thank you for the topic. And I hope uh, in just a couple of moments, Dylan, you'll get some answers to your question. But today's fact of the day is brought to you by two sources. I want to encourage you to read the U.S. Uh, church membership falls below majority first time article. Uh, by Gallup. And then also there's a video to talk about what it, what will it cost you to stand for Jesus. The video is called, it's on the YouTube, so you can find it right now. Just got to go on there. Video Paint the Wall Black, the story of Nini's Deli. 
You'll see a Hispanic Christian story of how he stood for Christ and what it could cost you and what it cost him. I want to encourage you to look at both of these things. And of course, the facts, opinions, and rants that you hear here today are totally mine. They do not re represent uh, Nini's Deli or necessarily represent uh, the article that I've referenced earlier about church membership. So please send positive feedback to them, negative feedback or hate mail to me. And now, well, let's get back to the podcast. So 20 years ago, I was entering high school, and now I teach at a community college. What are you doing now? Most importantly now, I'm still living for Jesus. I have led uh, Bible study groups uh, for the last 15 years. And uh, for the whole time while we were married, my wife and I have led Bible study groups. Uh, many of you would call them life groups. We're members of a church, and uh, as all groups should be, you should be a church member. Why? Because that's the only way a pastor has accountability over your life and the only way that you can use your gifts within a body of believers and be held accountable for it. First uh, Corinthians five and six talks about how believers are held accountable in the first Corinthian letter. So I want to encourage you. Not only are we called to be a part or members of a body, we're, part to be, we're called to be a part and devoted to it as Acts chapter two, 42 and onward teaches us that we're devoted and what type of things you're devoted to when you are a church member. We're not to forsake the meeting of the gathering of believers. Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us of that. First Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 reminds us that if you are a believer in Christ, you have a spiritual gift that's meant to be used within the body of believers. And that one person's not using their gift, we all suffer. And when one suffers, we all suffer, according to 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. So when we as Christians are not a part of the body of Christ, we can't use our gifts the way God intended. The body of Christ suffers. And we are not held accountable for our behavior, which the Bible teaches us so that we can grow in sanctification. Romans 6 through 8 is how that process works. So um, how do we turn this around? Evangelism and how do we go about it? Now, when I was in college, there was a professor. His name was Danny Lovett. And he had a book called Jesus is Awesome. And he was an over-the-top character. Good golly man, but he was over top guy and he had a belt like, you know, the belt you put around your waist. He had that one that had awesome A-W-E-S-O-M-E. -E. And he had an acronym that he tried to teach us. And that this is when I first got the liberty. This was the every student took evangelism, by the way. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, by the way. You should know how to share your faith. And we're going to talk about a couple of methods to share your faith uh, today. But I want to encourage you. Methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. So make sure you know the principles of your faith. And that's Towns 1-1, by the way. So you're Towns fans out there. Yeah, that's why I got that one. But make sure you know the principles of your faith so you can share it in any circumstance. So back to Danny Lovett. So Danny Lovett had this, <laughs> this belt that had awesome written on the back of it. And he had an acronym, and I do not remember the acronym, but it was his way of sharing the gospel. And what Danny Levitt tried to do to us, he tried to basically get us to share the gospel the way he shared it. And he was really upfront. He was a charismatic character. I remember one time he told a story about how he was talking to a girl at the mall, and he had asked her, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she kind of stumbled around a little bit. He said, well, let me tell you about the Jesus I know. He's, And I remember the first part, he's like, he's awesome. And let me tell you what that means. And he 
says that he turned around and said, you see my belt? And he turned over. Imagine, yeah, this you know, middle-aged man is turning over, kind of bending over, so to speak, and he has an awesome on his belt. It's like, and he turns back around, A, all-sufficient, W, some, 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 and he just goes through, and he shares the gospel with this girl. He shares the good news that Jesus died for her sins, and the reason why she needs a Savior is because she is a sinner who's headed for a real place called hell unless she receives Jesus, that no amount of good works can get you out of it. Our righteousness are like filthy rags. Who could know it except the Lord himself? So I want to encourage you. It's not about adopting a method. So it's not like saying, hey, I must memorize the way of the master method, or I must memorize the Romans road. It's more about you telling God's story and you knowing where to show people in scripture where you got that information. Now, I've made it my practice for every year that I've been a believer. I've been a believer since 1997 to share my faith with at least one person that year. I didn't care what the context was, but just to make sure that someone heard about Jesus. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Make a video, pull out your phone, make a video and share with people how you came to know the Lord. Your testimony of how God transformed your life is one of the biggest things people could do to begin to trust you when you talk about your faith. And a testimony is a quick three-minute video. The first minute will say, my life before I came to know Jesus. Um, the second minute will say, uh, circumstances that led me to Jesus. And then the last part, what I'm doing now to advance God's kingdom. Those are the three questions you would answer. I have my video up there, and I will share it in our Facts, Pains, and Rants Facebook group just so you have a model there. But I want to make sure that you understand nothing special about someone's testimony. The special part is what God does for all people. He makes the lost found. He saves the unsavable, right? Because we're all sinners. The Bible says, Romans 5, that God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the message we, we tell about how we receive that great news. Now, who should we be outreaching to? Well, obviously the non-religious and, and millennials. Now, of course, the answer is who does God love? The world. So who do we need to reach out to? The world. Who are the people who are the most lost in our culture right now? Your neighbor, the one in five non-religious neighbor who doesn't go to church, has no membership anywhere, and it considers themselves non-religious. And if they were talking politics, this usually is going to be your Democrat or independent neighbor. It's not going to be your Republican neighbor. Though I could tell you from being a Republican, there are a lot of Republicans who don't know Jesus, and they're headed to a real place called hell. They're fighting for God's values, but they don't know God himself. And that's sad. What did Jesus say about that? He said, there's going to be many who come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do X, Y, and Z for your kingdom? And I'm going to plainly look at them and tell them, depart from me, you work of evil. I don't know you. That's Jesus's words. We read through Matthew 5 through 7. So I want to encourage you, reach people who don't know Jesus. Right now, what you need to do is make a list of your Facebook friends who you don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, that you know, people you know who don't know Jesus Christ. Just go straight through them. And then begin praying for them. In our small group, we take time each and every week. We call it our Romans 10-9 prayer. Why Romans 10-9? Because Romans 10-9 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. We want to make sure that people are saved. So we're praying that God will give us opportunity to share the gospel with them, share this good news, or that God would send someone to their life that they would hear the gospel.
I really hope you've invited friends to Easter service. I know I did. I took her, I texted a couple of friends just today, asked them to come with me to Easter tomorrow. In college, we were taught the art of seven invites. Sometimes people say no. Some people ghost you. Don't quit on them. Continue to pray and ask God to give you opportunity to reach them for the gospel. Another method I would encourage you to use um, is share Jesus without fear. I believe Bill Fay wrote the uh, book on that. Get, get, get the book. Read through the book because what it does, it gives you a very conversational guide to share the gospel. It gives you a conversational way to talk to people and say, hey, if you if you found out what you believe right now is not true about God and where you, what happens at eternity, would you like to know? That's really the question. And they say, yeah, share the gospel with them. Share that for all of sin and fall short of God's glory, Romans 3.23. Then tell them, but God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. Don't stop there. Go on and tell them, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, Romans 6.23. And then ask them, have you ever had a Romans 10.9 moment? Tell them about your Romans 10.9 moment. For me, it was at a swimming pool at 11 years old. Has there ever been a time in your life where you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That means you repent of your sin. That means turn away from your evil lifestyle and say, God, you are in control of my life. I want to make you my Lord, and I believe I need you to be my Savior. No amount of good works can get me into heaven, only the work you did on the cross. Friends, that's the message you share with your friends, neighbors, families, associates, co-workers who don't know Jesus. Because, my friends, the culture is going to hell in a handbasket. One in five are non-religious, and 33% of millennials are going to church. What does that mean for the other 60? Yet they're at brunch. They're enjoying themselves on a real place, on a, on a place to going, going, on, going to hell. Do you care enough to reach them? And you can do it, and you're called to do it, by the way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21 tells us that we are God's ambassadors, making Christ's message or appeal on his behalf. And the message is what? Be reconciled to God. That's the message we're all supposed to be bringing to the world around us. No matter what you do for a living, God expects you to share the gospel. Luke 14 reminds us to count the cost. That's why I've referenced that video in the, in the shout out. I'm going to put it in our Facebook group as well. I want to encourage you, go watch that video. It takes about an hour of your time. It's just one of the best spent hours you're going to have this week of what it really means to be like Jesus and follow after him. You could be canceled by the left in the LGBT movement. But it's worth it. Jesus said, don't fear the ones who can kill the body. Rather fear the one who can kill the body and soul in hell. Our God's an awesome God. He's a saving God. He proved that to us through Easter. Now let us take that message prayerfully, specifically. Ask the Lord to give you opportunity to share the gospel with someone who doesn't know him this year. Are you nervous when it comes to sharing the gospel? I am every time I share. You're worried you may say the wrong word. You're worried you may, you know, embarrass yourself. You're worried that you may, they may ask you a question you don't know. That's all normative. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit that lives in me and lives in you, that comes at the moment of salvation, will bring peace. 
and will bring back to your memory all the things that you have already read and studied. God is powerful enough to speak in and through you. You may not have all the answers, but you know the one who does. Guide your friends, family, associates, loved ones, and strangers to the cross of Christ. Can I pray for you? Okay, let's go ahead and pray. God, I ask that you bless my friends and you bless this time. I ask that people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today because of the people listening to this podcast, that they will say, Lord, give me opportunity to share the gospel, to lead someone to you. And then, Lord, I ask that you provide them the opportunity and that you speak to their heart and say, this is it, so that they'll know to share the gospel. And, Lord, as we continue to share the gospel to people and, and bring them into the kingdom, bring them into your church, we'll fix this number. It'll go from 49% back up to 70 or 80 because we'll have a country that's revived. Bring revival and let it be in and through us. Well, friends. Thank you for listening to this edition of Facts, Pains, and Rants. And please share this with family, friends, and all within your social media community. And subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find this episode on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, right here at Anchor.fm. Well, we're out of time. I look forward to seeing you next week as we're going to talk about... Well, we're going to talk about churches meeting during a pandemic. Um, We're going to talk about... um, how would Jesus and the apostles, how would they have handled COVID and getting together? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a juicy one next week. So don't miss it. I look forward to seeing you next week on Facts, Pains, Rants with Stephen D. Mosley.